0: Have you ever had a specific food that just feels like maybe it has a little more power over you than you do over it? Like, you know, there's some foods that you can just take it or leave it, they don't they don't necessarily bring up a ton of, you know, power for you. But there are other foods, or maybe drinks that you feel like you will have to pry this thing from my cold dead fingers before I give it up. And yet maybe on the inside, you might be a teensy bit a little bit scared that this food might be more in control than you are. Today we're going to talk about what to do when you get to a place where you just want to not want it and how to take baby steps towards reclaiming your control. Ready? Let's get started. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this but not that and so you know what to do but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi there, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Today we're talking about the idea of, I want to not want it. Dang, does this topic resonate with me? At various times, I've had different kinds of foods that feel like they kind of have more pull over me than I'd like. Like, Some of my personal trigger foods and highlights include things like bread. I mean, just the smell alone, right? Um, Certainly cookies. I can have eight to 10 without blinking an eye. And of course, my all-time favorite slash nemesis is wine. Whew. I remember the, the first time I had the thought, I want to not want it. I just, like things would be so much easier if I didn't care, if I didn't want it. And at the time, this was a thought regarding bread. And I, I mean, I vividly remember like where I was when I had this thought. And I was like, wouldn't it just be easier instead of having to resist it all the time and rely on willpower? What if I just didn't want it? That idea seemed extremely impossible to me at the time. But to my shock and relief, it's actually not impossible. You can change the way you think about certain foods, and you can reclaim your power and agency over the things that sometimes feel like your desire for them is a little bit bigger or stronger than maybe you are. It's not your fault. Okay, so here's why this happens in the first place. We get into the habit because of the natural reward of the food. You know, maybe there's sugar, salt, fat, whatever it is, like we talked about before, it lights up those dopamine triggers, in uh, signals in your brain, and your brain remembers, this feels good. When I feel bad, I want to feel better. So what makes me feel better? Food. Your brain remembers the reward, and so it wants to do it again. Therefore, the, the habit begins to uh, start to establish a pattern. Now, the brain is really good at looking for patterns. The brain is all about efficiency. When it sees a pattern, we're like, okay, great. This is something we repeated. That means we must want to keep doing it. So let's just delegate it to the autopilot. And of course, that's the subconscious mind. When habits get delegated, it comes beneath your awareness. And so if you're, it's beneath your awareness, you're not really kind of in control of the choices you're making around it. And therefore, it feels out of control because you're not aware of the mechanisms going on underneath this habit that's been established. In addition, when we try and use willpower to stop or cut back on whatever the food is that we're trying to slow down on, like sugar comes to mind, the brain is like, nuh no way. So like, imagine your brain like a five-year-old who gets a lollipop every day at five o'clock. And then one day you say to yourself, sorry, nope, we're not doing lollipops anymore. The five-year-old is gonna throw a fit. And so does your brain. Your brain is like, wait, no, I get my lollipop at five o'clock. What's going on here? And then it begins to like throw all these thoughts to you of like, where is my reward? This is not right. This is not how we do things around here. Let's get back to normal. And when your brain is throwing up all kinds of resistance, when you're trying to change a pattern, when you're trying to basically tell the five-year-old in your brain, we're not having a lollipop anymore, all those resistance thoughts can feel a little scary because your conscious mind is like, wait a second, um, I don't totally feel in control of this urge, of this desire. Is there something wrong with me? It feels almost like you you want it, you desire it against your own will. And I want to tell you, nothing has gone wrong. (laughs) It feels scary, but this is actually your brain acting properly. So just as we talked about a minute ago, the habit brain is beneath the surface. That's a good thing. The brain, again, is looking for patterns, sees a pattern. It's like, awesome, autopilot. Let's you know use less energy to do this pattern, this habit. And so it puts it beneath the surface. And when your brain is freaking out over not getting its lollipop, it's going to say, this is painful. I want to feel better. And your brain, as we know, seeks pleasure, avoids pain, and it has learned that sugar, salt, and fat feel good. So it makes sense. But okay, it makes sense. But what do we do about it? So here's what to do when you have a food or a drink, as I said, like wine is one of mine, that it just feels almost like it's in control. And it's a little scary. So how do you handle that? Step number one, it's just a thought. It's just a thought like any other, okay? The thought that I want the cookie, I want the piece of chocolate, the sugar, I want a glass of wine. It is a thought. Now, it feels super true, feels super powerful, but let's let's just play with this idea here, for example. So here is kind of an example of a collection of some thoughts. I wonder what's on TV tonight. My mother-in-law drives me crazy. The PTA meeting is next week, and I need to bring refreshments. Okay, who say, who actually says refreshments? I need to bring, like, drinks, snacks, whatever. You, another thought. XYZ political candidate is ruining our country. I believe in Santa Claus. I think I'll have a bowl of ice cream later. Like all of those are examples of thoughts. Now imagine each thought is a bucket. And the amount of energy we put into a thought, it can be like measured in like coins, let's just say. And each thought bucket is the same size, same shape. It's a thought. All, all thoughts kind of take up the same size and shape. They're the same. They're just thoughts. But we make them mean more to us by the amount of energy units or coins or whatever that we put into the bucket. So you might put zero energy coins, or you know, kind of energy thoughts into the thought that, you know, Santa Claus is true, or I believe in Santa Claus. And maybe you only put one or two coins into like the PTA meeting where I need to bring snacks and stuff, or what's on TV tonight. Maybe the mother-in-law bucket, like you put some, some more energy into that one, that one feels pretty true. Or the, the political candidate who's ruining the country, that one feels super true. And maybe the I want ice cream tonight thought feels like absolutely 100% true because you've put a lot of energy into this bucket, into this thought. And let's say that like ice cream is your weakness. So that bucket has so many energy coins, so much energy in it, that it's like super heavy. And it's like a hot nerve every time you go near it, and this feels so big. And maybe it's in more, maybe it has more control over you than you do over it, because there's so much energy in this bucket. Like almost, maybe you're not strong enough to hold this bucket. Maybe it's bigger than you. It can feel scary. So, what would it take to lighten the intensity of energy around this bucket? Like you know, if we're imagining and you know, coins as energy, what would it take to kind of remove some energy and coins from the bucket? What would it take to see this thought as just another thought, the same size and shape as the one that says, I believe in Santa Claus, the same size and shape that says, you know, I need to bring (laughs) refreshments, you know, snacks, whatever to the PTA meeting, huh? What would it take to lower the intensity? Think of it this way. At one time in your life, it's quite possible that you did believe in Santa Claus. I mean, I did. Uh, You know, chances are you no longer do. And if this thought about ice cream or whatever, what if it could be the same? Like, what if you believe it now, just like once upon a time you believed in Santa Claus, and now you don't believe in Santa Claus, what if that thought about ice cream could one day change too? What if maybe one day you could see that thought differently? It's just a thought. It's only true because you believe it, because of the energy you put into it. And beliefs are just thoughts that we've repeated over and over again until we no longer question them. So maybe you can question whether or not you still want that thought to be true for you. You get to decide. So here's here's the thing I try and think about. Like when there's a thought that feels powerful to me, I think like, um, I want to have a glass of wine. I think that thought... Feels super powerful and true, but what if it's just the same as um, I want to wear my red shirt today, or I want to have an apple, or I'd really like a glass of water? Like those thoughts could feel true, but they don't feel super powerful to me. They're they're also things that I don't necessarily have to obey all the time. Remember, it's just a thought. When a thought comes around, try and turn down the temperature. Like, here's an example. What if there's another food that doesn't have the same intensity to it? Can you make it similar to the thought that you want this other food? You know, it's just a thought. We give power to it by allowing ourselves to feel controlled by it. So let's use an example. Let's say um, you feel really um, in control or rather controlled by the thought, I want chocolate. It feels like it's almost has more power over you than you want it to. At the same time, there's a food in your refrigerator that, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, feel super powerful or feels like a big tug to you. Like, let's say it's yogurt. So there's a thought uh, in your mind of, I want yogurt. I want chocolate. I want yogurt may not feel super true. Or, or even if it feels true, it's not super powerful. Whereas I want chocolate feels almost scary. Again, kind of like that hot nerve. i like, ooh, like, got to be careful with that one. What if you could look at the two thoughts the same way? Another idea of how to visualize this is actually literally imagine where they live in your home, in your kitchen, in your pantry, whatever. And try and move the food that doesn't take, you know, doesn't have a lot of power over you closer to the food that does. So for example, let's say chocolate is is a little scary because it feels like it's got power over you, and yogurt is no big deal. Like you could take it or leave it. Take the yogurt in your mind out of the refrigerator and put it in the pantry or the drawer, wherever the chocolate is and kind of put it near them and try and focus on that feeling of neutrality that you have towards the yogurt and let it kind of, you know, be near a kind of almost a halo effect of the, cho- towards the chocolate. So that feeling of neutrality, see if you can almost overlap that feeling in front of the chocolate and just play with it. Like it's it's not going to happen the first time. It's you know it's, it takes mental reps. You know, think how many mental reps do you have in your life of feeling the thought I want chocolate and it feels so powerful and so true. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You got to give equal airtime to shifting your brain. It's going to take some time. But try and pull up into your body the feeling of in control, the feeling of neutrality of it's no big deal around the yogurt and overlap it in front of the chocolate. I like to almost like physically move the object in my mind towards each other. Um, This can actually help if you start with moving the item that feels more powerful, more a little scary, move it out of its normal home, if you will, where it normally lives in your kitchen, and mentally move it towards the location of the food that does not trigger you as much. So in our example here, we would actually do the opposite of what I just described. We would take the chocolate and move it out of its drawer and put it into the refrigerator next to the yogurt. So you're still focusing on the yogurt and that feeling of neutrality and like put the chocolate next to the yogurt in the in the yogurt's kind of natural environment. And so you're bringing the chocolate out of its natural environment. That can be an easier way to start if you're... Um, kind of not seeing the natural location. And you may be like, what What does this even matter? Then I'm moving things around in my mind. It actually makes a massive difference. Our environments and how things are set up make a big difference. You know, we are routine-based creatures. We've talked about habits. When things get delegated to the subconscious mind, it's beneath the surface of our awareness. And so even just the location of an object can trigger a thought of like, I want chocolate. the sound, sometimes we have M&Ms in our house, the sound of of M&Ms hitting the, the bottom of a little plastic bucket is a trigger for me. Like the sound of it is crazy. And so do everything you can to shift up, that sounded weird, adjust the thought pattern. And so that you are taking things out of their normal environment to kind of put a crack in that old thought and just question Is it really true? Does it have to be the same? What if I could change the way I feel about this thing? What if I could put a little bit less emotional energy, those kind of energy coins into this thought? Here's another action step I want you to try. This is another visualization. So let's go back to the child that you give it a lollipop to each day. Um, and the child comes into your office, and this child's got tears in their eyes, they're, they're feeling the feels, and they want that lollipop. This is the part of you that is the kind of habit brain that's habitualized to want that food to feel very um, controlled by the desire for this food. Now, again, imagine you're the adult, and the child has walked in, the child is the desire. And you know, as an adult, sometimes you cannot reason with a child who is throwing a tantrum. You know, explaining why they can't have the lollipop doesn't make them not want it, doesn't make them want them less. You can say, you know, this is the hard and fast rule. That doesn't make any sense to a five year old who wants that lollipop. So instead, welcome them in. Listen, listen to that five year old. Have them come sit on your lap. Be like, tell me everything, honey. Tell me how much you want it. Why? What's behind this? What happened earlier in the day that's making you feel this strong desire for it? What's, what's draining your willpower that makes it harder to say no to it? What is it that your inner five-year-old really wants? Comfort? Rest? Tell me, let that inner five-year-old tell you everything and how hard it is to want it and not have it. Just be that adult, that grown-up listening to the child. Be present to this child and let them tell you everything. Let them scream and wail and cry validate their feelings don't resist just be present be like I'm right here with you honey I am not going anywhere tell me everything gosh yes you want it so bad I can hear that from you if afterwards after this visualization exercises exercise you still want the treat that's fine but give yourself the gift of honoring and witnessing and validating your own feelings first if you know that the craving tends to come along at the same time every day, like, you know, five o'clock, time up for a glass of wine, or, you know, after lunch, I really want a, a sweet treat, or it's 1030 at night, and I feel like I want to have a snack because I need to stay up later, whatever it is. If you can predict when this craving, this desire is going to come along, plan five minutes for yourself to sit somewhere quietly around that time of day, maybe 15 minutes, 10 minutes before that normal time of day make space for yourself in your calendar give yourself an appointment do it do this one time this week see how it feels imagine if you did this little action step every day for a year what might happen you'd be unstoppable all right that's what i got for you today when i you want to not want it try and turn down the temperature on that thought just recognize it's just a thought just like any other how can you turn down the temperature on that thought then Identify something that does not have so much power over you and try and kind of overlay that, that neutral feeling onto the thing that feels very powerful. And finally, honor your feelings. Talk to that inner five year old who wants the lollipop and just allow them to have their tantrum. Be present for yourself. There is an entire chapter in my book on how to stop eating your feelings. So if you're interested in learning more about that, please check out my book called You Are a Miracle. Uh, available on Amazon. Also at the end of the book, there's an entire toolbox about like how to handle various situations, like how to handle weekends, how to handle travel. There is a specific chapter in that toolbox about how to handle sugar cravings. So whether you want to stop eating your feelings or handle sugar cravings, all of that is addressed in my book, You Are a Miracle. Please go check that out. And if you could do me a favor, please share this episode with one person who you feel like could benefit. Um, That would be amazing. And remember, love yourself because your feelings matter. They're legit. Give yourself the gift of honoring them. All right. That's what I have for you today. I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Real quick, before you go, I wanted to share with you that I've opened up a few new spots for private coaching with me. If you're getting everything you need to address all the mind shatter around your body from the podcast, then that is amazing. I am so glad. And if you're feeling like maybe you're ready to take what you're learning to the next level, then let's work together. There is no one size fits all program that works for everyone. So that's why we address the specific challenges that you face. And together we customize the goals and accountability that work for you so that you can start feeling confident in your skin. And most importantly, Stop waiting until after you lose weight to participate in life. If you'd like to explore what that might look like for you, please go to my website and schedule a free call at www.confidentbody.coach. Or if you're an introvert like me and you just like us to get to know each other a bit, that's great too. Send me an email at lizzie at You were created for a reason. God does not make mistakes. You have something special and unique that only you can bring to the world. The world needs you to shine exactly as you are. So don't wait. We are counting on you. You are a miracle. Go shine your light today.